0: in the world of hollywood movies get greenlit and redlit they get remade and rebooted but we are the ideal i'm sam gash and you are listening to ideal remake thank you for listening to ideal remake We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. And this episode is a lifetime of experience capped in one small vial. Now to the final step. Introducing my guest! So, Kamara, is Mad Monster Party a movie that has been, will be, or should
1: be remade? I feel like maybe it's been attempted to be remade as completely something different and other. So I'm going to say no, it hasn't been, but it should be, because... There's something there. There's a nugget there. Yeah, I
0: I think that's true. I Like, there's definitely things like this that have happened. Like, as soon as the episodes, like, so we're recording this on Saturday. You introduced me to this movie on Thursday. When we started sitting down to watch, I was like, oh, it's like that Scooby-Doo episode. Yep. This movie's from 1967. It's been around and it's influenced enough things that I'm sure there are other things like this just out in the world that are remakes but not a name.
1: Absolutely. But a remake in name would also be fun. Yes, and I want to keep it in name Yeah, for today's episode.
0: But anyway, I watched this movie for the first time, and prior to you mentioning this movie, I had never heard of it. And it's a classic Rankin-Bass in the line of, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and...
1: Frosty the Snowman.
0: Sure, Frosty the Snowman. Wait,
1: is Frosty the Snowman the animated one, in which case it's not a Rankin-Bass, but it looks like it's a Rankin-Bass?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. It's a, it's a Rankin-Bass stop-motion animation. And genuinely, it looks pretty good. Yeah,
1: it's it's actively wonderful to look at. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I commented while we were watching the movie that there were a lot of like little details that I really, really enjoyed. Absolutely. Facial expressions. they Like you could see some fishing lines sometimes. But, like they did a little bubble floating out a window and then it popped and it was very clever and lovely.
1: It's It's very heartwarming in a way that all of those movies are because they feel like your childhood, but I also... Well, they feel like
0: your childhood. They
1: feel like my childhood, because I grew up watching this uh, every Halloween. <laughs> um, but, you know, all of those movies sort of feel like childhood. Like, when I see anything Claymation, unless it's really creepy looking, like the opening of American Horror Story Season 4. <laughs> um, I believe you. Trust me. Unless it's really creepy looking, it always just takes me back to a time where... All I did was watch stuff like this, and you know, eat cookies for breakfast.
0: But it's cookie crisp.
1: Oh, oh gosh. Was that not what you were reading? No, I and was actually act, eating coo- actual cookies. Actual cookies. Oh, I was sneaking cookies for mm. breakfast. We've all been there. Yeah.
0: Slash, continue to still be there.
1: I try to be better now. I
0: mean, try. <laughs> the important thing is that we try. That's true. Yeah. I assume that you don't remember the first time you saw this movie because you were so young.
1: Okay, actually, I kind of do. There's this other uh, sort of claymation in the same style. It might be a Rankin-Bass, I'm not too sure. It's called The Sandman, and it's all of Hans Christian Andersen films or um, films, stories turned into a live action slash claymation stop motion movie.
0: And I don't think that's Rankin-Bass, because according to just my cursory googling, that's from like
1: 1991. Ah, Interesting. Sure. Is there,
0: like, a weird, scary bird man?
1: I mean, maybe. It's
0: Like, this dude covered in feathers?
1: I don't know. The Sandman is, like, the story of, like, the little mermaids in there, and it's about a character jumping in to all of these stories as he keeps falling asleep and he should be doing other stuff. I'm 99% certain this is not from 1991. It's old. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but... With that, my mom showed me that, and then she showed me Mad Monster Party. I must have been six years old. Was it called The Daydreamer? You know what? It's actually called The Daydreamer. It is not called The Sandman, now that you say that. Here it that. is. Uh, no, I'm
0: finding it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it it's it is is Rankin-Bass.
1: There you go. It's called The Daydreamer. You said that out <laughs> loud, and I was like, that's exactly the title card. I don't know why I said The Sandman.
0: You're right. It's not from 1991. It's from 1966. Okay,
1: so that totally makes sense, but my mom showed me... The daydreamer first. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, let's continue since you like claymation. Yeah. And showed me a Mad Monster Party after. I must have been, like, freshly out of kindergarten and ready to... Just make,
0: ready for spooky stuff. Ready
1: for the spooky stuff. I was already watching Nightmare Before Christmas. So, you know, this was a, a very easy jump for me.
0: I feel like I didn't see Nightmare Before Christmas until, like, college. There's a lot of movies that I didn't see until college and... Uh, fiance cam is the one who like coined the movie nights and movie sam hasn't seen yes so
1: my fiance cam. your
0: fiance cam
1: not sam's fiance cam not my <laughs> non-existent
0: fiance whose name would weirdly be cam and sam would be a weird couple but i could see that happening yeah it's got to exist somewhere
1: i'm sure it does technically cam and i are cam and cam
0: yeah but that's adorable
1: yeah Anyway, long story long. <laughs> Sam has not seen a lot of movies, right? But so, but you've seen this movie so many times, so many times. I think even to the point
0: where you were singing the songs yeah, while we were watching the, the movie, even the bad ones, even the bad
1: ones. <laughs> I have no shame. I I loved it. I think you know, like I said, I was set up for success with this via or via depending on how you're feeling today. Um, <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas. I was ready for. Stop motion. I was ready for Claymation. I was ready for musicals. Thank you, you know, Touchstone. That wasn't Disney for a long long time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Then, just like everything else, it was. Because you sent me the... You suggested I watch the trailer for this, and I did. And it was... The trailer was basically, It's got Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and Phyllis Diller.
1: Because Phyllis Diller... Is a whole other monster.
0: <laughs> well, not only that, I, I don't imagine you looked at like IMDb or whatever for this movie, right? No. Okay, so this entire movie has a cast of five. Oh! Four of them do one thing. One of them does everybody else. Because oh, wow. we talked about when we were watching the movie, this is just an impression of Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. This is just an impression of Johnny Carson. Yes. Yeah, because it's the same guy doing impressions <laughs> of all these different people. That's hilarious. So Boris Karloff was Baron Boris von Frankenstein, the, like, Dr. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Gail Garnett, who apparently is also in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, was the voice of Francesca. Phyllis Diller is just Phil- the monster's mate. She's, yes. like, the bride of Frankenstein, sort of, and just doing... And she's just Phyllis Dillering all over the place. And then the title song singer is a woman named Ethel Ennis. Literally every other voice in this movie. What? I said Ethel? You did. (laughs) Ethel Ennis. Thank you. (laughs) Interestingly, it might be
1: Ethel Ennis. It might be Ethel Ennis.
0: Uh, I hope it's not.
1: I don't think it's Ethel Ennis, though.
0: (laughs) No, likelihood, likelihood is low.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, who in 2000 was in something called Bolt Neck. I wonder what that's about. It's about a Frankenstein, probably. I feel like it must be. But then the, the next guy is a guy named Alan Swift, mm-hmm. who just did everything.
1: I wonder if there's any relation to T, as in T-Swift. It's possible.
0: You got. We would have to admire the vocal control on both. I mean... There's a
1: real Swift excellence
0: when it comes to vocal control.
1: Yeah. I, I hated that. I hated that with my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's just move on. And, and, and do... <laughs> it was just something I
0: found interesting. So, because like, I normally go to IMDB for the purposes of, like, pulling up the cast list to remember to cast everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, I had to look at just this one guy. And, like, I almost forgot to recast the Wolfman because it, like, the Wolfman didn't speak. It was just... Right. I didn't do that. But, like, like I actually cast a person. But, well, like, you know I who I didn't
1: cast for the same exact reason? The sea creature. Or the creature.
0: I forgot that uh, Creature was in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Creature shows up kind of late, doesn't speak. Yeah. So I, mean, I... I also
0: didn't ca- recast it.
1: I don't think you're supposed to recast
0: I it. I don't think you're supposed to recast I it. To recast I it. agree. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we also don't have to give a warning because we're going to be going into spoilers for this movie. And if you're looking to get into the spooky season, this is a nice movie to watch.
1: This is a very nice spooky with two Ps as in spoopy, movie Mm -hmm. to watch Yes, if you're in the mood for something a little creepy, but definitely family-friendly.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, family-friendly for 1960s, so honestly there might be some sort of warning I should be giving you before you watch it. There might be a joke here or there that you just don't find suitable in this day and age, but I don't really remember if that's the case. I just remember them being, like, sexist. Very sexist. I kind of uh, do a thing... Uh, with, with the way I want to pitch this for you. <laughs> cool.
0: I'm excited about it.
1: <laughs> to take that away. <laughs>
0: Good. Uh, but like that was that was the big flag on this. But other than that, yeah, it's mostly, it's a Rankin-Bass movie. Yeah, it's a Rankin-Bass they, movie. They make kids movies.
1: Yeah. I will say, like, I'm not saying... Other than,
0: like, Secrets of them.
1: Oh, gosh, no. I'm not saying that Francesca was my personal sexual awakening, but I can imagine for some other people that she might have been. She's she's very bad and very hot, and she's just... Dr- She's like
0: very much. She's she's very much a proto Jessica
1: Rabbit. Yes, uh, the the
0: voluptuous redhead.
1: Yes, voluptuous redhead with very pouty lips. So and like the hourglass figure of it all. Like I wouldn't call that an hourglass figure because she's incredibly top heavy. She's
0: very top heavy. (laughs) You're right,
1: but Uh, I'm sure some guy did. Just standard Barbie top heaviness. Very much um overly barbie top heaviness like whatever you're picturing for a barbie picture maybe two more
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's uncomfortably big her waist is very tiny
0: yes yeah. it's almost like i we don't understand how food would get in there and that brings us to remember from this point forward kamara and i are going to be talking about spoilers if you don't want that you have five four three two one
1: spoil spoil spoil
0: so Francesca's a robot, and it's one of those things that you figure out right away.
1: Yes. I think Baron von Frankenstein says, uh, uh, you're my most... You're my masterpiece. You're my masterpiece. And from there, like, if you're not paying attention, you might forget. But mm-hmm. he says, you're my masterpiece. She is his... Uh, currently today, we would call them administrative assistants. But <laughs> she is his secretary, who, if you weren't paying attention to that one little line, you might miss. Because otherwise she just plays as his ambitious secretary
0: yes which is the thing i'm going to be leaning on also because it was the only thing i really wanted uh but basically there's two hints at it you were my masterpiece which if said by a frankenstein that means he made her right and then at some point later in the movie francesca and felix flanken are making a run for it and like felix flanken like tries to like pick her up and he's like oh i'm jimmy stewart You're heavier than I, oh, oh, I can't seem to lift you up, oh, oh, hey, oh, you're, I don't want to be rude, but, uh,
1: you're heavier than you look. You're saying it much nicer than he did. I think he literally just tells us, like, oh, you're much heavier than I thought you Yeah, did. I know,
0: but, like, at that point, we're already familiar with his Jimmy Stewartness, and for yeah. the audience, that's brand new.
1: That That's true.
0: Despite the fact that they went and watched the movie and then came back to avoid the, the, the known spoilers.
1: Yes, well, welcome back. How did you like it?
0: We're glad you liked it.
1: Yeah, we don't care if you didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just, we're jumping to a conclusion. Yes. Um. <laughs> but basically, so the basic premise of this movie is that Frankenstein, like, like, perfected his science. Like, he did, like, there's no more worlds left to conquer. He just wants to retire because he basically invented the atom bomb.
1: Yes, he, uh, which is big for the 1960s. I recently showed... Sam, the man from U.N.C.L.E., in which that is also kind of a part of the storyline, so that makes total sense.
0: It's amazing what the kind of art people make during the Cold War, when everyone's afraid of nuclear annihilation. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole artistic movement movement called absurdism. Anyway, <laughs> it's, an, it's an artistic movement I really like, and it's coming back because we're all still worried we're going to die, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but the... So he's like, I'm going to retire, I'm going to pass my legacy on. Turns out I'm going to give it to my nephew, but I'm going to throw one last party because I'm president of the Monster Association or something. So he calls in Dracula and the Wolfman and Invisible Man and Jekyll and Hyde and all these different people. And he just sends them invitations, but not to it. Not Not to it. it.
1: Because it is a crashing boar. The last time he came to a party, he crashed a lot of boars. I love that joke. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's, I couldn't even tell it to you. I just love that joke so much. It's
0: a pretty good joke. <laughs> this movie does a lot of things where, like, it pro- it projects, but then t- it takes twists. Yeah. Like, the only thing that you can figure out is, like, oh, yeah, 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 Francesca's a robot. But then It? I had no idea what It was going to be. And then, like, Francesca, to get revenge and just to be like, well, they're all turning on me. Well, I can't have that. I will call It because It's the one that will bring this party down. And so she sends off a bat with an invitation. And then when it shows up at the end of the movie, it's just fucking King Kong. Yeah, of course. And it was awesome. <laughs> I was not prepared in any way, shape, or form for King Kong.
1: And it was great. Yeah. I feel like if you have a group called the Worldwide Organization of Monsters, why wouldn't King Kong be a part of that?
0: It's a good question. Because yeah. King Kong should absolutely be a part of I it. I also
1: think out of all of the monsters in his neighborhood, you know, I'm talking about like Mothra and, and uh, Godzilla here, he's the one who typically deals with humans on a more daily basis, because usually wherever he came from, there was somebody worshipping him. That's true. So King Kong's not really a monster, though. King Kong is a god. I mean, technically, so is Godzilla. And technically, so is Mothra. But they don't call Godzilla king of monsters for nothing. That's
0: true. You're right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, and like so basically as they're setting up uh, Baron von Frankenstein has like a bunch of zombie butlers yeah. that just like run around and it's the racist caricature of zombies and that they like have like the the like island person nose ring and you're like oh so it's the original interpretation of zombie that's fun. But then there's one called Yetch. Who's just the, yes, master, I'm going to, the pain is coming. Like that kind of voice yeah. is the impression that he was doing.
1: Yeah. He's also uh, creepy mm-hmm. and not creepy just in the sense that he's a zombie, but creepy is in the sense like, hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. Like <laughs> he,
0: he creeps on friend, on Francesca. And she ta- calls him a creeper and he's like, yes, perfect. I am a creeper. That yeah. is what I am. And then
1: he says something like, she told me to creep, so I'll
0: creep. And then and, he crawls on the ground for like two seconds. And then
1: he does a lot of little soliloquies to her beauty and how he wants to be with her throughout the entire movie because he's just so obsessed in love. And like doesn't at all see that she's not interested because men like that... Um, don't are bad
0: <laughs> it just occurred to me that he's not on the island at the end of the movie At like he's going to go grab francesca and then king kong bats him away like he does the finger flick and then he flies off and he's like oh francesca your kiss sends me to space oh
1: that's true he's not on the
0: island which means sequel okay uh but for me <laughs> yeah, um but that that just occurred to me in this moment but yeah no yetch is awful Yeah. And then there's also another character, like, the chef in the kitchen, who has a song and a scene, and it's, like, you could take that entire scene and just, like, it was clearly added for time. Yep. And you could just remove it, because it doesn't do anything. I did not recast...
1: Mafia Machiavelli?
0: Mafia Machiavelli. Yes. Chef Mafia Machiavelli, who... You'll never guess what kind of stereotypical accent was done for this gentleman. I mean, a Mama Mia. A Mamma Mia... Oh my god, it was, like, the worst... I I was surprised at some point he didn't say the term spicy meatball.
1: Of course he didn't. I feel like that's too recent.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Yeah. I will say that, you know, he's doing two different stereotypes, right? Because this is the worldwide organization of monsters. So he's evil. Hence his first name being Mafia. But he's also a head chef. Hence his last name being Machiavelli. So was he
0: was also evil.
1: Of course. But he has to sort of do he's playing into the fact that he's italian but he's really playing into the fact that he's italian via the east coast of america (laughs) um and instead of just you know playing into you know being from the old world if you will he's very much like the sopranos in all of them
0: yeah and in and 30 years prior
1: yes so we understand where that came from hbo thank yep. you
0: yeah hbo ripping off Rankin bass I mean. since forever but basically what ends up happening is francesca knows that felix flanken this like nothing of a kid is the person who's going to be getting the like keys to the atom bomb kept in a beaker mm-hmm. and uh she kind of lets slip to dracula and they try to like take out felix and it doesn't work because his allergies or whatever And it just keeps getting up to all the monsters. The monsters try to take out Felix, and then they turn on Francesca, and then Felix rescues her. So she falls in love with him for some reason.
1: Because it's the 60s, and and all it takes is one good hard slap across the face. Which is apparently her kink.
0: Yeah, that that was what we said while watching the movie. It's like, yep, well, like, you just see it in her face. Like, her eyes just kind of, like, uh-oh, uh, uh, Francesca, you're hysterical.
1: Slack. Slack.
0: Slap. Felix!
1: I'm so in love with you.
0: I've never loved anyone more. And then she oh. sings a
1: song, uh, never was a love like mine before. And, and like, that's immediately probably after, true. Yeah. It, you know, one of my favorite jams, definitely inappropriate timing. I, I feel like you, <laughs> you've known him for two days. I was... If that.
0: He showed up a day late.
1: That's very true. Maybe a day and a half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, the... They fall in love. They make a break for it, but that, but Francesca had already called it, which is King Kong who takes over the island. And then all of a sudden, Baron von Frankenstein's like, "You kids got to get out of here! I've taken evil too far, despite the fact that I love this. I've never said I didn't love this, and I've had made no point about ever not loving this." And uh, he decides to take his atom bomb vial and blow up everyone on the isle- island. Once Felix and Francesca make it off, yes, and he literally atom bombs all the monsters off the island. Yes. And that's the movie.
1: The end of the movie. No, that's not the end of the movie because we get a lovely Francesca and Felix, Felix wants to have babies with her because she's that hot and Francesca can't because she's a robot. She admits it. Uh Uh-huh. And then Felix says, like, well, that'll be okay. Essentially. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Because he's a robot too. Nobody's perfect.
0: Like, we think he's doing the the line from the end of uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Mm -hmm. And then he gets stuck on the line, stuck in a loop, because he's also a robot. And it's it's a twist I didn't see coming, and it's delivered in such a delightful way. Like, this movie delighted me so many times. The arrival of King Kong delighted me, and the reveal that Felix was also a robot delighted me. And then that's
1: the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like when we've just described it to you, if you listened on without actually going to watch it first of all shame on you You but also
0: i don't know where you would have gone to
1: watch this um yeah you had to buy it or rent it uh but what i will say is you probably don't like this movie i don't think we've sold it to you in a very (coughs) we we've sold it to you in terms of what it is like it truly is this and that's why it deserves a remake because there's something there it just doesn't
0: i'm delivering this information a little bit late but uh you can rent this movie or buy it on youtube Yes,
1: and on Apple, and I'm fairly certain on Amazon.
0: Yep. Theme song for Mad Monster Party by Ethelina's Lyrics. The, 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 I'm, I'm on YouTube now. I need to close this link. <laughs> With that in mind, we're going to remake this movie. We're going to remake this movie. Kamara, I believe you said you had an idea of what you wanted to do. I new. don't just
1: have an idea. This Okay, if you've been listening in and you've heard me the past three times, this is my fourth time, woo, on... This wonderful podcast. I typically come in with no ideas, but I'm ready to bounce yeah. uh, ideas back off. But today, maybe because th- this is like my baby, <laughs> like I have full plot ideas to share. Great, hit with, me with the class. First of all, I'm changing the name of the worldwide organization of monsters. You're adding
0: a B at the end. I'm not. It room? I'm not. No.
1: Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Go through. I, I have this idea in my head, so I'm just going to try and get through it very quickly. So it's actually now the Worldwide Organization of Monsters and Neanderthals. The acronym would be WOMAN. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Baron von Frankenstein is going to invite WOMAN to the Isle of Evil, to witness his greatest creation to date, a formula for erasing existence. I feel like nowadays in the year of our Lord 2022, the one thing we're most scared of is not existing anymore, whether that's via social media or, you know, because of global warming. I think we're all just a little bit worried about blipping, if you will. Blipping, I mean, from Avengers Endgame.
0: Your favorite
1: movie, Avengers Endgame. Yes. (laughs) my favorite movie (laughs) if you're not catching i hate that movie but that's another conversation you can at me on instagram
0: and you should (laughs) keep it alive in the comments
1: okay um so upon the arrival of his guests for a week-long stay which will end in a huge mad monster party. He admits that he is retiring and will announce his successor at the party. He calls his latest invention his magnum opus that he can not top. So the first day that everybody gets there, we meet Francesca, who is his most trusted administrative assistant. <laughs> <laughs> she plots to become his successor and outwit his very first creations, the monster and his mate. Um, Francesca can we, Vals- can we change
0: her name from the monster's mate? Because that's
1: terrible. Absolutely. But currently I'm just doing it based off of what we've, we've got. Fair enough. Let's- I'm just going
0: to call her Phyllis Diller from now on.
1: Okay. I don't like that because of the person I have cast who I would say, like, is a Phyllis Diller maybe, but like...
0: <laughs> I mean... We'll see what happens when we get there. We'll Go on. We'll see what
1: we ha- happens when we get there. Yeah. Uh, Francesca vows to get her employer's secrets and split them with her partner, Dr. Jekyll slash Hyde.
0: Oh, so she's not teaming up with Dr She is not. Ooh, she wants to
1: work with the level headed Jekyll, but is attracted to the demented, wild nature of Hyde. Not knowing that the Invisible Man is listening to them, Jekyll and Francesca hatch a plan to make the members of their organization look like incompetent fools. The Invisible Man tells Dracula, who tells his roommate the werewolf, who tells the mummy, who tells the hunchback of Notre Dame, yes I put him in there, and everyone spends the evening trying to butter up their host. On day two we meet Yetch.
0: My first comment is I like this because this gets everybody involved. The movie as it exists right now, people basically disappear when they're not being used. For example, I forgot the Hunchback of Notre Dame was in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because that's just a guy with a deformity and they're treating him in this movie like a monster and it's just because he's like a legend. So it's weird, but like for for the purposes of, I guess, because whatever. But like your idea as it exists so far is, okay, We introduced all these people. That means they're all significant. Yes. And I like the idea of her teaming up with not like the A-list Dracula of going with like, well, Jekyll and Hyde can be reasoned with half the time.
1: Right. That makes sense. (laughs) Yes. So on day two, we meet Yetch, who is Frankenstein's head zombie and personal butler. He tells Francesca he knows who the successor is going to be. It's obviously her. So she should just dump Jekyll and Hyde and start planning how she will take over the organization and what exactly her role, his role is going to be in her life because he is one of those pushy, creepy kind of men.
0: I believe the Um, term is obsequious. Sure. Which is a word that sounds that sounds like what it means.
1: Exactly. It felt nasty to hear. Yeah. <laughs> his crush is not a secret, and Francesca actually gets a kick out of his personal love torture. But as the day unfolds, Yetch's alliances change, as Dracula, who is fed up with his many vampire brides, explains the wastes of women in the evil business, and how she will never want to be with him. Because Dracula's a little bit exhausting uh but also he's just as a person he's just so draining gosh you're doing it again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i apologize for nothing uh, don't
1: i don't apologize. apologize for
0: so much but not for
1: that listen i love it i also hate it that's fair and probably correct okay <laughs> <laughs> um so the monster and his mate find out what's going on uh and they confront frankenstein in front of everyone at the dinner table when dun da Felix, the host's nephew, comes through the door. It is revealed that Frankenstein plans to pass his secrets, including his latest formula, to this complete newcomer.
0: Good. I like it. Uh, I love it. Are we going to be meeting Felix earlier in the movie for any reason? No. It's just going to be a complete surprise. It's like, I'm going to be like, we're all monsters. Everything's great. I'm going to pass this on to the person I think is most worthy. Nepotism. Exactly. Got it. Okay.
1: So days three through six... Over the next four days, 99% of the members try to kill Felix. Uh, And all
0: fail in hilarious and amusing ways. Yes. Oh, we also didn't say. The movie as it exists right now is uh, stop motion animation, but our intention is to do a live action remake. Absolutely. So in, in our heads, this is all happening like kind of hijink, farcical, real people diving through doors, missing each other, getting hurt, but in hilarious ways.
1: Yes. So Felix comes to many different near-death experiences. Meanwhile, Francesca is attempting to seduce Felix into a team-up. Ah, okay. She's trying to get the secrets away from him because it's already going to him. You know, it's not going to to her. And she thinks the best way to do it is to trick him with her feminine wiles. Okay. Um, And because the guy can't get a girl to look at him in his everyday life, he goes along with whatever she says. He's not really into the evil aspect of his inheritance, but he's going to do it if it means he gets to be with her. Okay. I don't love that. That's okay. We can work on it. But continue. Day six. uh, The day before the Mad Monster Party. Uh, Let me correct you. Day 666. Continue. Thank Thank you. I, I, I'm i struggling <laughs> The day before the mad monster party Where everything's going to be revealed An attack on Felix goes awry And accidentally gets the invisible man On his dying bed We actually find out that he is a woman Who created a formula of invisibility To rise in the ranks of evil A predominantly male industry Her dying words are to Francesca To beat everyone else And to do what she couldn't do To rise to the top of woman A woman has never been in charge of woman. Exactly.
0: Woman has always been a man's game.
1: Yep. (laughs) Frankenstein discovers that Francesca's has a romantic interest in his nephew. Of course, we know as the audience, that's not real, but he explains that they were made for each other and is happy. His trusty assistant will help nurture Felix into the next best evil of the world. But Fran still plans to make the invisible woman proud by getting to be the first woman of the woman organization. The monster and his mate overhear Baron's excitement, and in a fit of rage, they call it, actually, to the party to spoil all of the plans. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Right. Uh, at what point do we introduce the Neanderthals? I- I'm just going to say there's other monsters there that are Cool. Then can I
0: make a suggestion? Yes. So, uh, Worldwide Organization of Monsters and Ne'er-do-wells?
1: I like that infinitely better.
0: Cool. All
1: right, write that down, guys. Okay. Scribble, scribble, scribble. (laughs) (laughs) So day seven, the day of the Mad Monster Party, there is a dance, and they will in fact dance to the mummy, which might be my number one top favorite song of Mad Monster Party, the original. They eat very tasty. What's the name of the band that sings that song? Oh God. It was like the Scarlet Skeletons or something. But it was like in the, tib- the tibia and the Phobias. Yeah, it was something like <laughs> that.
0: And it was like, it was a bunch of skeletons with like red, red. beetle wigs, but like not, but like the long hair beetle wigs. They
1: wig. look like Shakespeare wigs, or like, you know, I'm a little lad who loves berry and cream. <laughs> like, they look yeah. like those kind of
0: Yes. <laughs> who loves... <laughs> berries, berries. <laughs> oh berries and cream yes but <laughs> I heard burying cream
1: okay but also like here's this
0: cream I'm gonna dig a hole and put the cream in the hole and then cover it up I do
1: feel like that is more fitting but I was talking about berries and cream <laughs> Ber-
0: berries and cream delicious yes but yes little lads stick and hoop but that is like a red wig on a skeleton sure it's t- Tibia and
1: the Phibias Tibia and the Phibias I'm fairly certain that's their name um they eat very tasty food by the chef Mafia Machiavelli who we never meet um as they finish or name yeah, I'm just putting his name here for my own. St- I just, just as a separate bit
0: because we're not going to come back to this because I'm going to forget. Is I really like the idea of being like, yes, that was made by by my head chef, and it's, you cut to uh, one of the zombies, and it looks exactly like every single other zombies of like you could just see the genius in his eyes, and it's just the zombie just drooling. Yeah, food's good though.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah, forget mafia. Um, as they I finish, great. Right, as they finish. Boris von Frankenstein, because his name is Baron Boris von Frankenstein, because I guess Baron is his title.
0: His name is Boris von Frankenstein because he's played by Boris Karloff.
1: That makes a lot of sense. They always call, like, hey, Boris, but then they're also like, hey, Baron, and it's yeah. it's confusing, but so Baron they're... Boris von Frankenstein. Yeah, it's because of Boris Karloff. <laughs> taps his glass and takes everyone outside of the castle to show a demonstration of his new formula. Uh, think Endgame's the blip. I literally wrote that here. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. As the demonstration ends, it, King Kong, shows up pissed wasn't invited to the party and hellbent on destroying his nemesis, Frankenstein. He wants to can- take control of woman. The Baron is able to get if his If there's own-
0: one thing we know King Kong wants, it's woman. It is woman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'm glad you got that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um... The Baron is able to get his zombie servants to help him attempt defeating it, but the rest of the monsters in the organization fight against him, feeling betrayed by his recent choices. Frankenstein gets Francesca to take Felix away, and he promises that no matter what happens to him, they will always have access to the formula, no matter what. But the formula slips from his hands during the fight, dusting the Isle of Evil, all of the monsters, and himself from existence. So
0: So, it's an accident instead of on purpose. It's an accident. It's and if anything, I want Boris to be having like like I want Frankenstein to be having fun. He's like, Yes, this is it, a grand battle of monsters. <laughs> I never thought that this could be so much fun again. Oops. Yes. He's like, I'm not
1: retiring, never mind. Yeah.
0: I can do so much more evil with this kind of level of conflict.
1: Yes, exactly. Great, love it. So luckily, Francesca and Felix are able to get away. Yetch does die in my version of this. Because <laughs> he should. They're riding off into the sunset, away from the fight, and Felix is saying he wants to do all of these great things with her. And they realize that the formula is tattooed on them because he knows, Felix knows, that he's a robot and that he's supposed to help her. And Francesca knows that she's a robot? Francesca does not know she's a robot. Oh, so you're flipping that. I'm flipping that. Okay. And my reasoning is... I find Felix's character to be so insufferable. The idea that this character is such a hypochondriac, he's creating all of these different medicines, if you will, that only serve to hurt other people around them. I just don't think that person would exist unless they were purposely put on earth to torture other people, which feels like a Baron von Frankenstein creation. So (laughs) in my humble opinion, His greatest creation is actually Francesca because she has no clue that she was made for this. Okay. But she finds out that she's a robot and they have the formula to blip everything from existence. And it's very clear that they're going to have to start anew with her at the top because he doesn't care. It's time Time for a new woman. Yes. All
0: right. Here are my kind of thoughts on the Give me all your thoughts. I like basically everything you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's the twist I'm going to do. We talk about how Felix is a nothing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why Frankenstein picked him. He is a nothing. He is a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And if Frankenstein very publicly says, I am leaving my legacy to this kid, everyone's like, why? What they don't realize is that Dr. Frankenstein is going to take out the kid's brain and put in his own. Okay because he it's like one of those things where like immortal people will create a child or a grandchild or someone and like leave everything to that person sure so that they can like it's really just them taking over the life of this other i hypothetical feel like person. i just have
1: to bring up that this was also a very similar pitch that you gave to me for the island i just want to put that out there
0: that's fair that is a very similar <laughs> pitch.
1: and i actively feel like it didn't fit there for me, but it really fits here. So I'm in.
0: Interesting. And yeah. That, and it, it is weird that uh the woman organization is on an island. An actual island. An actual island. Yeah. Um I For me, I think what makes Francesca interesting is that she knows exactly who she is. She knows exactly what she is and what she's good at. And she knows that she should be in charge. Almost because of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be anything about Francesca that Francesca herself does not know.
1: I think the reason why I was very excited about the idea of Francesca not knowing is because the whole point of my Mad Monster Party is how men think they're in charge of everything, but women actually are. We learned that some of the top players in the organization, the Invisible Man, is a woman. I have...
0: This is unrelated, but at some point, I think you should... I don't know if you've ever read any Terry Pratchett. Yes, I have. Have you read Monstrous Regiment? That's the one I haven't. I recommend it.
1: Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I have two different women in the organization that aren't actually in the original. My mummy is a woman, and my invisible man, obviously, is a woman. Love it. So I like this idea of women thinking that they're coming into power, kind of, and this is, I guess, a metaphor for our current society to find out that men are actually just running everything regardless of um, how much change and things that are coming through.
0: And I agree. I think that is a good idea. My my twist on that is that we have Felix and we have Francesca. My version of Felix, it's and Francesca, it's basically two people designed to be subservient or expected to be subservient. Mm-hmm. One is this person who like a robot who was made in a lab to be or a clone designed to be taken over so that the Dr. Frankenstein can carry on his legacy, and the other one is a woman. <laughs> And they just expected to be subservient, and right. no, it turns out women are real people. Gasp and shock, and like are if not just as competent, more competent and capable of running things than anyone else. In my version, I gender swapped Felix. Okay, I kind of eliminated the really terrible love connection of the movie because I mean we still can have it. There's no reason that the Felix that I have can't be in love with the Francesca that I have or you have or whatever. But I like the idea of. They're expected to be to just fall in line and follow orders, but they're not, and they're better than that, and they're going to take
1: over. I'm happy to take out the love aspect. I think when we were watching it together, I think we both kind of thought, wouldn't this be amazing if this was just a plot of hers and not a real live, Wow, you smack me so I love you kind of bit. Oh and I sure. kind of loved the idea of her playing everybody. She's playing Boris as much as or Baron von Frankenstein, as much as she's playing all of the monsters on the island, as much as she's playing this new guy who has no reason to believe that she would ever...
0: Okay, great. Yeah. I can get on board with that
1: if mm-hmm.
0: we reveal that it truly was a manipulation at the very end. Yes. Like And, like, literally, she can push Felix off the boat.
1: Yes. But I love the idea that Felix doesn't die because he's a robot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I just need them to... <laughs> or... Okay, so... Here's uh, what we can do. Like, uh, the the formula's already with you two. And mm-hmm. it can, like, we can do the tattoo thing and they each have half the tattoo. Yes. And, like, it's because the doctor designed it so that like, they'd be, well, he and she would be together and would be able to just, like, have the formula no matter where they go. Mm-hmm. And because Francesca does this ultimate betrayal of evil, she pushes Felix over and because he's a robot, he just sinks. And then she realizes that she only has half the tattoo. The other half is now sinking to the bottom of the ocean.
1: I love this. So like,
0: so it's a betrayal followed by uh, the tragedy and the loss of power.
1: And I love this because she's on a hunt for power. There is no more woman. All of the monsters are essentially woman dead. Woman is gone. Woman is gone. So she's the final woman of woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now she doesn't even have that. And I I kind of love that because everybody gets what they deserve in the end because they're all evil and none of them should win. Yeah. She's <laughs> an
0: evil person alone on a boat in the middle of the ocean screaming out of her absolute frustration at having been foiled at the very end by the people that she was trying to betray. Yes. End credits. Yes. Uh Taylor Swift reprising the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, a Swift has to be involved. We need, we need Swift voices. At on, least one the, Swift. We, we need some sort of Swift involved in this movie.
1: Yeah, not a Swiffer.
0: I, it's the quicker picker-upper. Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're killing me, Smalls. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Okay. That makes sense. That, that works. I, I like what you did. Obviously, you put in a lot of work and thought into this. I, I put in like... no
1: working thought into this. I just was very excited. Great.
0: <laughs> I know. I think you did a good job. I, I like the idea. I like the themes and the ideas that we played around with. It'll be interesting to talk about uh, in terms of casting. I warned you a little bit ahead of time. For whatever reason, I normally like shy away from doing like the big A-list casting, but this time I like leaned hard on going full A-list on this movie that I'd never heard of.
1: And um, in that same regard, because I always know that Sam comes to play um, and will not take any A-listers in his cast. That's true. I shied away from doing that too much. I always say too much because looking at it, actually, this is probably a list of A-listers that I think are not A-list um, at this point. Not all of them; some of them are definitely. I A-listers. mean, to be fair, I have a
0: few people here who are definitely not A-list, but okay. are are known enough.
1: I would say that the majority, if not all of my people, are known enough.
0: <laughs> okay. so all right well then let's just get into that let's we have go. our plot we have what we're doing let's talk about who's filling out this world i can go first for Boris born von frankenstein boris von frankenstein i'm gonna go first because we're not going to go with this one
1: okay
0: um i went with someone who i thought would be funny who is someone who we kind of see as a person who has this legacy and will have a lot of trouble passing that legacy on okay and like we needed someone like who has the accent and whatever and like like just like the idea of passing on a legacy, I just f- find it would be really funny if this person was talking about it, and that person is, of course, Daniel Craig. <laughs> i see
1: i see how you got there yeah
0: because he's like he's been james bond for so long and you can clearly see that he just like wants to be all these other fun little character roles like that's what he got to do in knives out right and and like that's what he gets to do in all the things he do- does now it's just like i just want to be like goofy daniel craig guy okay and like i think that'd be a fun for dr frankenstein
1: i think it would be fun as plus well. he's talking
0: about legacy and then it's secretly just him again
1: <laughs> i mean in that same way like you could choose somebody like jeremy runner
0: <laughs> but, yeah but i don't think jeremy renner is actually fun to be around and i, I think daniel that. craig is definitely yeah uh so that was my thought for baron boris von frankenstein yeah who was your dr frank
1: my bbvf if you will well done thank you um is none other than brendan Fraser.
0: oh <laughs> done, <Immediately> done. <laughs> my
1: my only thought process behind it was a person of legacy who is Brendan Fraser, obviously, deciding he wants to do something else, anything else. Yeah. And and like, yeah, we want that for him.
0: We do. We we <laughs> just want Brendan Fraser to be happy.
1: Yes. So I, I wanted a character who you couldn't help but kind of love, even though he's the product of so much evil in the world.
0: That's a that's good casting. And I think that's compelling and interesting, and I support that. Brendan Fraser it is. Cool. Uh so let's talk about Francesca. Okay. Who did you have?
1: Okay, don't hate me. I just saw. Don't worry, darling. So I'm a little obsessed with Florence Pugh right now. Okay, so I chose Florence Pugh that makes as sense. my friend. that. Yeah, I, I was just like, man, she's she's a hot girl right now. Yeah, she's kind of up and coming in that not everybody's on the train that I'm on. Um, but you're all going to be there if you if you're not. Who so.
0: doesn't like Florence Pugh? I
1: mean, some people other just than are, Olivia Wilde. I mean, some people just aren't there yet. Okay,
0: they're wrong. I mean, she's great.
1: They'll get there. They'll she's just so damn
0: charismatic and charming.
1: Yes, but I also think she can play like conniving villain.
0: Yeah, and like between Don't Worry Darling and what's the one where they're she's covered in flowers? Midsummer. Midsummer. Like she she's she plays a good victim, but like Make her evil. Make her in control.
1: Have you seen Lady Macbeth? I'm fairly certain it's called Lady Macbeth.
0: I believe you. I mean, we'll see. No. Um,
1: it's just like a sort of story of this wife deciding that she wants to have her cake and eat it too and do everything that she wants to do.
0: You mean Macbeth?
1: Um, Yeah, sure. <laughs> the,
0: the very well-known play?
1: Yep. It's not Macbeth, though. It's just called Lady Macbeth.
0: Well, if you, call it, Lady Mac- Lady if if you call it Lady Macbeth, <laughs> then we know what it's going to be about. It's
1: It's fascinating and i would say she is the villain of that story even though it's all about her and just like sort of watching her descend into the madness so that she can get whatever she wants i was very impressed by it i actually think it's my first florence Pugh movie that i ever saw her okay so you didn't see little women little women came after this fair enough okay i just
0: i didn't realize how far back this came out okay got it
1: so when i saw that i was like oh this girl I want to see her be more villains. And then she didn't until we have her as Yelena and um
0: That's not even Marvel really a stuff. villain. I
1: know. She's just That's a, that's an
0: anti-hero. And yeah. those are different. Very different. Um okay. So I went with the redhead okay. thing. So I cast a redhead who both who we've seen be very, very smiley and we've seen be very, very dour. Mm-hmm. And we've seen be in horror movies. Okay. Um she's been in Evil Dead. She's been in Zoe's Experience. I love playlists. her, oh my God. <laughs> She was in Suburgatory. <laughs> it's Jane Levy. Yeah,
1: I love her
0: because she can do the Aubrey Plaza thing, but then she can also do the Ellie Kemper thing. Okay, and I just like seeing those two married. Of like, she turns on the Ellie Kemper, but then is Aubrey Plaza behind closed doors, right? And I think that's a fun character for Francesca.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's go with Let's go with Jane Levy for now. Okay, because our next character is Felix Flanken and I don't know what's going to happen for this one. Okay. Because, uh, I cast a woman and I believe you cast a guy.
1: I did cast a guy.
0: Okay. I will go first. Yes. Um, I wanted to have the, the Jimmy Stewart energy of all, but in someone that's not insufferable. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I want went with someone who's literally known for being insecure. It's a Ray.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm you're, You're murdering me. I'm aware of that. (laughs) Like, I'm a dead person right now. (laughs) Doing a podcast. Dead woman walking for your October episode.
0: Yeah, well. It's on theme. Who'd you have for Felix?
1: I feel that. I wanted somebody who was kind of like a lovable goofball. In an incredibly endearing way. But also who could borderline it and become an annoying presence. Because I created this character to be a deliverer of evil in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be great uh so i chose justice smith okay yes of many different things but off the top of my head detective pikachu fame
0: <laughs> i mean you are speaking my language I-, I know i am <laughs> look there's a cat there's a casting in here i did specifically for you and it sounds like you did this casting specifically for me i did so we
1: gotta go with him okay <laughs> Um, I just think that, like, he's very endearing, but I could also see him being like, yeah, but I also have this plan, uh, and you're not going to expect it.
0: Yeah. So we we haven't seen him in enough things to know what to expect from him, but we've seen him in enough things to have expectations of, like, this is, he's going to do this. Yes. And then when he doesn't do that, it's more interesting. Exactly. And I think Justice Smith is a good choice for that. Yes. Cool. All the next right. person I have is Yetch.
1: All right, let's do Yetch. Uh. I, you went first, so I'll go first. Yes. All right. My Yetch, I'm trying to think of the best way for me to describe this person, but I just, this is a very attractive person. Interesting. Okay. He's an incredibly attractive person who, for some strange reason, I can only see as creepy. <laughs> not for anything that he's doing, not in any way that he's acting. I think it's kind of like... He's slightly
0: he's attract he's slightly too attractive, but it, like in a way that doesn't make sense. It's just just a like, weirdly closer, He's a human that's getting close to the uncanny valley. Sure,
1: I think like what it is as well is I've seen him in a lot of still shots, off to the side in the background, and it looks like he is creeping on a situation. Okay, fair enough. So regardless of whether or not that's the actual case and what he's been in, it's not the person. It's the vibe. It's the vibe. So my choice is Austin Abrams. I
0: don't know who that is. He
1: is in Do Revenge that just came out on Netflix. He is in Euphoria. He's in this wonderful holiday TV show that was canceled, which name escapes me, uh, where they, he finds a book in a library and starts to write back to the girl and they kind of do a weird dating situation. I loved it, but I can't tell you what the name is and I'm sorry.
0: It's a movie or a TV show?
1: It's a TV show on Netflix it's two names
0: dash and lily
1: dash and lily he is dash of dash and lily thank you very
0: much he sure is um was a tv series that had eight episodes yep
1: uh i loved it but apparently netflix didn't what else is new
0: yeah netflix isn't good about figuring stuff out directed by fred savage sure sure why not okay interesting yes this works for me i like that like i get the vibe that you're going for and i think that he is good casting like again i don't know anything about him he might be a genuinely lovely lovely man he is but if we're going purely based on typecasting yeah exactly what you're saying
1: and i would also say that in every role that he's that i've seen him in at least he is not this role he is not creepy Mm -hmm. he's kind of just like lovable guy in the background who you didn't notice until like the final hour and like why not let's be with him yeah or, you know guy who's trying too hard i don't know
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right sure Who'd yeah, you have? Yeah. i didn't do that at all okay i went with because he is this guy who's just playing this character mm-hmm. i want with someone who like kind of has an iconic voice because what i did for a lot of this is like despite the fact that we were doing this live action in my head all of these people could also voice the character okay um and in this particular case I cast the, the nerd that everyone loves to see in weird things and do weird shit. Okay. And so that's why I went with him. Because, like, like you put him in the chair as MODOK, and, like, he's good and silly. And you make him the, like, lovable, just over-enthusiastic guy in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's wonderful, and he's great. You make him the evil guy in MST3K, Patton Oswalt is just genuinely lovely. And as long as you don't give him the weird creepiness that Yetch originally had, I'm fully on board. Right. But if we're keeping the weird creepiness, which from your plot we are- I mean, we don't have to do to my plot. Worry, we're, we're past that. We've moved on. We're All doing right. your plot. Thank you. I would rather go with Austin Abrams.
1: Okay. Because I
0: think that's better casting for what we need.
1: Yes. I feel you if we were just going for the zaniness of what Mad Monster Party is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patton
0: Oswalt is what it is, but it's not what we're doing with it. Right. Him. Good. Now it's my turn. It to is. go first. And this is one of the ones that I'm unfortunately going to fight a little bit for. Okay. Because this is Dracula. Okay. Uh, And the thing about Dracula is that Dracula's Transylvanian. Mm Mm-hmm. Very particular, very specific part of the world. And so for whatever reason, for this one in particular, I was like, I got to cast someone from kind of this part of the world. Okay. And he's not Transylvanian. The guy I cast, he's Romanian. Okay. But like... He tries to be like, yeah, no, I'm Romanian. Here I am in a major blockbuster movie speaking Romanian. And it's just a language that I speak because I grew up doing this. Uh And he's just a cool guy and does weird shit sometimes where he's like in a a TV show where he's talking to his dick. (laughs) I want Sebastian Stan. (laughs) You know, good old Winter Soldier, Pam and Tommy himself.
1: I kind of love this because... Um, when I was trying to come up with this, I asked the fiance Cam, um, (laughs) you know, I said, Hey, I want a hot guy Mm -hmm. who could easily give me incel vibes if, if I needed that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which is Dracula.
1: Yeah. Which is Dracula. Yeah. Specifically
0: this version of Dracula. Yeah. This is not the incredibly charming debonair Dracula. No. This is a Dracula... Who definitely like is first introduced? Where he goes? Well, I've got nothing in my wallet, so I guess I'll fly there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, this Dracula is broke.
1: Yes, this Dracula is broke and tired and exhausted. Has a lot of mouths to feed at home in the form of his many brides. He's kind of just over it. He's seen some shit. Yeah, he's he's seen some shit. So I will happily I will happily take that. I will share with you mine. Please. I wanted a Dracula who, okay, I feel like when I came up with this idea for Dracula, I was remembering something I've recently watched (laughs) as well. Not, don't worry, darling. Um, But I was sort of living in, in the spirit of the Umbrella Academy. And so I was kind of thinking of a cult leader who was just, done if you will (laughs) okay um who has similar vibes to one of my favorite numbers of the show number four so i said robert sheehan i just sort of thought that you know he in in the show in particular but almost in everything i've seen him in he's just so like fucking done (laughs) he's just like what is going on i am so done can we do anything else can we whatever could easily lead a cult of loving people who just want to give him love as well as lead a cult of, you know, men who should try harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went with that. But I'm honestly stuck between both because I think Sebastian Stan could do a I, very
0: great one. I would push this to Sebastian Stan. As much as I love Robert Sheehan, mm-hmm. I, I agree with everything you just said. What we need from Dracula in this movie is a sense of ambition. That's true. Which Robert Sheehan does not have. I mean, he could. He, he was in a Mortal Engine instrument. He
1: was in a movie.
0: He was in the Mortal Instrument City of Bones.
1: Okay, but he's also in a Mortal Engine.
0: Sure. <laughs> Basically, from what I've seen of him in Umbrella Academy, which is just, which he's great in, it's but it's the only thing I've seen him in. Like and he kind of like doesn't go off the script and kinda of, like plays things as himself. He doesn't have ambition. He's just like, I guess this is just what I have to do. And we need there to be a little bit more of a drive to be like, no, this is what I have to do.
1: That's true. I feel like let's go with Sebastian Stan. I love a guy in a pink suit. Exactly. That'll what? only make sense to you if you pay attention to pop culture.
0: Um, let's move on to the invisible man. Or, I'm sorry, the invisible woe man.
1: Yes, my my invisible woe man. <laughs> um, because
0: we're likely going to go... Be- with yours for plot reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you about mine first, despite the fact that I went first for the last one. Um, I went with some, so I kind of did what they did in Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have an invisible character, so I'm going to cast someone who is famous for how they look. Uh So I did the same thing where I cast someone who was famous for how they look like a very iconic face. Uh Uh-huh. But still very funny, very talented. Like, this is a guy who's gone back and forth between, like, extreme drama and extreme comedy. Like, the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. And just, like, has one of the most recognizable faces because it's Steve Buscemi. Okay. And I like the idea of making Steve Buscemi invisible because it's funny.
1: Right. Um. It's in a very similar fashion. Fiance Cam also said, do no, my fiancé, Cam. Oh. <laughs> he started Googling. <laughs> I did. Uh, he's like, who's fiancé, Cam? Um, I have not heard of this person. <laughs> uh, fiancé, Cam, also thought we should go in that angle, but because I chose um, to have an invisible woman to really stick it to the man. Well says, done. I'm having so much fun with this. I'm being you. Uh, <laughs> I support it. I, it's it, it's not
0: easy being me, but uh, I mean, it's great. It truly is.
1: Uh, <laughs> I went with Gwendolyn Christie. Great. And my reasoning for that in particular was, I think, how amazing would it be if this wonderfully large presence was always invisible and you had no clue that this person was in the room with you all the time? (laughs) I love it. I I just, I love her.
0: I think she's amazing. I think she's amazing too. If any... My only caveat, if I was going to fight you on this, is that we kind of did that already with Star Wars, but the whole thing is that, like, she's still an intimidating presence. You can see her. She's just in the Stormkeeper outfit. So, like, make her completely invisible. She can be hunched, She can be this. Like, you can even have a moment where she stands up tall, and all of a sudden you realize how imposing the invisible woman is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh. And I think that's great. I fully support this.
1: Yeah, I also think it aids to the idea that you would consider this person maybe, having never seen them. Also, my invisible man doesn't speak until she sure. dies. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, but, like, you know, like, having never seen them, when they do a fun little bit of a pie to the face, you just realize how tall they are because you're like, oh, it hit the chest. It didn't come anywhere near my face or, yeah. you know. So I just thought that would be. Really
0: Good. Fun. I love it. Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the next one we have is The Monster as in Frankenstein's Monster.
1: Can we actually jump to Jekyll and Hyde because Jekyll of and Hyde is a main character in my story? Oh yes,
0: I'm so sorry. Of, of course, absolutely.
1: That's okay. Please. Thank you. Okay, so this person is now well known to me. I don't know if if that's happening to everybody else, but I recently watched uh The Sandman. Not the Daydreamer, (laughs) but but the Sandman on Netflix. And I fell madly in love with Mason Alexander Park, who plays Desire in the Sandman. I loved the idea of a non-binary person playing the duality of Jekyll and Hyde. And that's why, if you notice, when I was giving you my synopsis for the plot, I didn't say Mr. or Mrs. Hyde. I just said said Dr. Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde. Great. Um, So I loved that and I think from what we've seen in the Sandman alone, I think that they'll be able to do that juxtaposition justice of of being level headed but also being dementedly wild. And oh,
0: I- they were the best part of Cowboy Bebop too. Cowboy Bebop was bad. Mason Alexander part was the best part of it.
1: I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop. I don't recommend it. Um, that's why I, I, mean, I didn't I, re- watch I recommend Cow- the anime. I yes. don't recommend the live action. Agreed. But um, I, that's why I didn't watch the...
0: So my uh, Jekyll and Hyde, I wanted someone who could, like, be completely put together and you just go, okay. And then someone who could... And then we just, like, watch that person completely fall apart. Because obviously Jekyll and Hyde have to be played by the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went with David Oyelowo. Okay. Uh, kind of because we just saw him in um, See How They Run. Sure. And, like, is completely put together and very, like, proper. Mm-hmm. And then just to, like, like see the other half, just the snap of just, like, the wild human being. Okay. But I think Mason Alexander Park is better. Okay.
1: Another one. Another one for me.
0: <laughs> as long as we're doing uh, ones for you, let's do some someone I did not cast. Let's talk about the Hunchback.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I just love the idea of somebody who is... Smaller, less intimidating-looking, having so much power. Um, so I just put Daniel Radcliffe in this role. Sure. Great. I thought it would be funny, especially after Victor Frankenstein, in which he played Igor. Uh, Did he? Yeah, I don't. know. I didn't. In it. the Victor Frankenstein movie, he has a hunchback, and Frankenstein cures it, and that's why Igor goes to work for him.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because the basically the way he's portrayed, like basically Yetch and the Hunchback, in the movie as it exists, like, you combine those, and you get our kind of modern... Igor. Our modern Igor. Yeah. And, like, the Hunchback in Notre Dame, like, there's gotta... Like, it's just some poor guy who's just living in a church.
1: Yeah. So I just like, changed it to be... We can do
0: that. I also like the idea of, it's like, it's the Hunchback. Hey, guys. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah.
1: I, I like, what him oh, to it's just be... the Hunchback. He's
0: terrifying. Yeah, I, did you did you need some help with that? Hunchback, bring my things. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. That's kind of my whole thought process. About good. Okay. It. I right. also thought he could be like comedic relief.
0: Yes, and <laughs> uh, and Daniel Radcliffe is very very good at that. Great. Yes. Daniel Radcliffe as the Hunchback, but not actually a Hunchback of Notre Dame. Exactly. Good. So that brings. So I, we still have the monster, Phyllis Diller, and the wolfman.
1: um, and uh, and the Mummy.
0: Oh, I didn't recast the Mummy. Oh,
1: okay. Well, then my Mummy. <laughs> goes to May Kalamawi M- M- I don't know how to pronounce her name. She is of Moon Knight fame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved the idea of a mummy being a woman,
0: <laughs> and <laughs> makes I makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, because it could be anybody, right? She and, and she is both Egyptian and Palestinian, so I felt like that fit in a way. And I loved the idea of this person you know thinking they're a monster because they're told they're a monster but really you know just back from the dead yep great <laughs> just <laughs> I love hanging
0: it. out yeah it was it was this weird thing where like different monsters were fighting each other it was like the invisible man went to go fight Fra- like the frankenstein's monster i'm like no invisible man you're gonna get your ass kicked you're just invisible Yes, you don't have any superpowers exactly or you don't have any super strength yes you're just gonna get bodied across the room and no one's gonna see it yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's real disappointing. Like, and that. I agree. So I think May uh, Kalamaui is excellent choice. Fully support. I think that's excellent. That brings us to the monster. Okay. I guess I'll go first. Yes. Interestingly, I also reached out to Fiance Cam for this one. Did Fiance Cam tell you I did this?
1: Fiance Cam did tell me that you did this. Oh, okay. But I don't know what he told you.
0: So because it's Frankenstein's monster, like this huge imposing figure who's known for like incredible feats of strength, I was like, well seems like a good time to ask cam to suggest a
1: wrestler my fiance cam is obsessed with wrestling, so if there was any person to ask, it would be him or one of his many wrestling obsessive friends
0: correct and while there many many of them are my friends as well i am i I just don't care about wrestling like i've <laughs> I've tried i like they're my friends I want to care about the things they care about I just can't and I'm sorry, like even watching clips to see who these people were, I just skipped around feel that i couldn't do it i
1: feel that
0: um but this is a professional wrestler who's literally called the monster and he's six foot eight okay his name is braun Strowman.
1: oh i know who that is
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean like you see him and he's just he's just huge and he's got this massive beard okay and also the idea of a frankenstein's monster with a beard made me laugh because I don't know if you know this, like all of the Universal monsters are just like uh, open source, you can use whatever you want, mm-hmm. except Frankenstein, because Frankenstein's not described in the book. So the, our concept of Frankenstein is, was based on the Universal monster movie. So Universal owns that image. Right. So if you ha- are going to have a Frankenstein's monster, I, I, you can do it as long as it's not green, doesn't have the neck bolts, doesn't have, like if it doesn't have all those things, then it's mm-hmm. fine. But if it has all those things. So you, you have to do like a Frankenstein slightly to the left. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Braun Strowman, giant monster, doesn't need to talk that much. Just needs to be big, uh-huh. and he is. Okay, and so that's why I thought that'd be fun. That is fun. And <laughs> I'm glad we both went to fiance cam for uh, advice on his casting. Yes. Yeah,
1: yes, yes, I did. I mean i I get to.
0: You get to. I just chose to. No,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure he loved feeling involved. Not involved enough to, like, come and be on he the He continues
0: to be invited and just doesn't show up.
1: <laughs> so, um...
0: Anyway, who did you have for uh, Frankenstein's Monster?
1: So, uh, opposite. I chose somebody who's exceedingly big. But I wanted somebody who acts and is funny. Just because it's... I feel like our Mad Monster Party is a serious comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: a serious comedy. Yes. We named the evil organization Woman.
1: Yes, we did. <laughs> so... <laughs> I chose somebody who always plays sort of like a an oaf-like character in in movies. So I chose somebody named Maddie Carter-Robble. Carter-Robble? I am sorry. I, this is another name I'm, I'm butchering. From Stranger you. Things. Um, yeah, but you may know him from A Series of Unfortunate Events.
0: Oh, I've seen this guy before.
1: He's in a lot of stuff. He is tall and... He is tall. And sort of... Uh, he is a presence, and, you know, he's, he's got a lot of jokes, and he kind of feels like he could be potentially high. I think he could do something with his facial features and I don't speak because I'm a monster kind of way. That would be really great, but I also wanted to go for a monster who was very clearly Frankenstein's first creation. So uh. I wanted a monster who was just like, you didn't hit it. With, with this character. That is a
0: compelling argument, and I see where you're coming from. On IMDb Pro, the picture that is chosen to have is him standing there with a slice of pizza. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I like the idea. I like the logic behind of, like, it's his first try. Right. Um, but I am still going to go with Braun Strowman, because it's like, I, while I appreciate, like, the backdrop of that, at the end of the day, we just need a Frankenstein for the monster movie. And we yeah. just need a big, scary... Like, you put this wrestler guy in a suit... And you put bolts on his head. He's your Frankenstein.
1: It'll work for me. Yeah. I think it'll also work for... Fiance Cam? Obviously. But I was actually going to say my monster's mate.
0: Yes. Fair enough. Who did you have for Phyllis Diller?
1: Okay. And, yes. what, and what
0: do you want to call her in the movie?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, let me just tell you who I had. And if you agree with me, we can decide what we're going to call her. Okay. Because I just want to call her fabulous. <laughs> Great. So I was trying to think of somebody who could Phyllis Dill their way through life currently.
0: And. (laughs) Yes!
1: (laughs) But also just zing after zing after zang after zang. Uh huh. And the gag is, I chose Kiki Palmer. (laughs) So I I just thought. You're not wrong. I just thought she could, like, do all of the talking for her and her mate. And Kiki Palmer is a person I actively want to (laughs) hear. Versus Phyllis Diller's very slow delivery in. 1967's Mad Monster Party. So her just constantly telling jokes, constantly being people's business, constantly invading the spaces that she's in, even though she has this big presence behind her, she's the person who people are talking to. So
0: as opposed to the Phyllis Diller in the original movie where she's the life of the party because she says she is, Right. this is the life of the party just because she is.
1: She is, yes. Got it.
0: That makes sense. That's yeah. a, that's That's a good idea. My phyllis diller is i wanted someone who kind of again came in with like the the horror movie legacy Mm -hmm. of like someone who's like well you can't have a horror movie without this person Mm -hmm. uh and but someone who's also done like ridiculous comedies because she's like she's in trading places and she's in that weird aerobics movie (laughs) and so i went with uh jamie lee curtis okay and because i feel like if you go for an equivalent to the vibe of what they were going for with phyllis diller of like oh Of course she should be here in this movie. Of like you do Dracula, Wolfman, Jekyll and Hyde, and Jamie Lee
1: Curtis.
0: (laughs) We'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is a horror movie. Jamie Lee Curtis should be there.
1: That's fine. I'm still going for my Kiki
0: Palmer. I think you're right.
1: (laughs) I I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like there is a life and a presence about Kiki Palmer.
0: I follow her on Twitter. I agree.
1: So you understand. I understand. Y- you can hear it.
0: And also, like, I just think she's delightful.
1: I agree. And I also feel like there's a role for Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. It's just n- a new role. <laughs> because I do feel like she could just be there.
0: If we had ended up making Felix Flanken Issa Rae, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis actually would have been an excellent uh, Dr. Frankenstein.
1: Oh, I think that would have been really fun.
0: That w- That is actually what I should have done. And now I can't go back. No. But- Especially because... We've come too far because we yeah. have neither my Felix Flanken nor my Frankenstein. <laughs> but theoretically, like, if we'd done that, like, if it had been Issa Rae, Jamie Lee Curtis putting her brain in Issa Rae's body would be very, very funny to me.
1: I, I, uh, very Jordan Peele as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> also yes. Uh, <laughs> but that leaves us. The only character we have left to cast is Wolfman. Okay. You went first for the last one, so I believe it's my it turn. It is. I wanted someone who has been involved... Like this is just someone who's going to be covered in hair and just kind of growling. So we don't need to be like the best actor in the world, but it, it's funny if it is. It's the same kind of logic that I did with uh, the Invisible Man slash woman of well, I want to take someone who we like and then cover them in hair. Okay, and it's someone who again we know works well with monsters. It's we know someone who can like when the, everything goes crazy on the island can definitely like run around and like navigate the maze of the uh, of the island mm-hmm. and is. The best dang Teen Wolf we've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> for our Wolf man, I went with Dylan O'Brien.
1: Okay, that's hilarious because he's not a Teen Wolf. I'm in that aware.
0: Show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, <laughs> but he's on the show Teen Wolf. Okay,
1: do you know how difficult it was for me to not cast Dylan O'Brien in this one flick? I'm aware. Um, that's why I
0: wanted to put him here as a gift to you, my friend. That's
1: so nice. What does it
0: can't we all agree that what Dylan O'Brien really needs is to be covered in hair and be completely unrecognizable? That's what you want. Okay. He spent all this time in this show called Teen Wolf and never got to be a werewolf. No. Let's give him that gift.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just think Dylan O'Brien is like I don't know, like I love him. Oh my god. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> He's just like a national treasure that People have not opened their eyes to see he's oh, national treasure. We make
0: national treasure and replace Nicholas Cage with Dylan O'Brien.
1: Okay, interesting. <laughs> I'm interested, but also because you put Dylan O'Brien in something and I want to see it. I know. <laughs> that would be so weird. It would be weird, but I'm still interested. Yeah. Okay.
0: Who did you have for the Wolfman? Okay, so... And tell me why you like them more than Dylan O'Brien.
1: That's so mean. I know. You're being so mean. I apologize. You're killing me. I'm a dead person. And then you're (laughs) burying me under the ashes of (laughs) Don O'Brien right now. You've gotten
0: so many. At least give me the one that is a gift to
1: you. Okay, let me me try. Who do you have? Okay, so. Also, I've been watching something recently. (laughs) Good for you. In my mind's eye of the werewolf, I pictured a teen wolf. In that they normally look normal and have to change into their werewolf forms. Okay. So if we were to go with my version, I would heavily choose Dylan O'Brien. Did you also cast Dylan? No, I didn't. But I would heavily choose him because he would get to do both. I I want to see him be the werewolf and then watch him turn into an actual person got it so your
0: casting is Dylan O'Brien where it's both Dylan O'Brien as both the human and the werewolf and my version is Dylan O'Brien and he's just the werewolf well no that's what's fighting right now
1: I actually chose a different person fine Um, Well, I chose two people because I didn't know who I would want to choose, and I thought I'd let you choose if you liked either of them. um, All right, then
0: give them to me quickly. Thank you,
1: thank you. Okay, so my first is this uh, wonderful actor called Benjamin Norris. Okay, who is in Never Have I Ever. He plays Trent, and he just seems like a lovable doofus, and I love that idea for my puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I was just like, he could be a really good wolf. Okay. Um, My second option was Aaron Taylor Johnson, because he is huge. And I, I
0: thought... right? Okay. Like, those are both great options. We're yes. going with Dylan O'Brien.
1: Okay. But the way that I picture it... No. I, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want him to we're, have speaking lines. We're making this
0: move. It's going to be funny if he's just growling. Okay. Uh, okay. And howling. And it's funny. Uh,
1: sure. I suppose... I'm conceding because it's Dylan O'Brien look we're the ones making this movie you're going to
0: be on set with him you can have conversations with him but he won't be speaking in this movie he'll only be growling I'm
1: not that insane I like to watch people in their movies and appreciate that they've done a great job and he's going to be great yeah sure <laughs> i guess my idea was sort of like all of these people could talk because they exist in 2022 and i don't know where a werewolf would live or thrive if
0: that said like like silliness aside mm-hmm. i do think like for the nature of this movie because there's just so many people and there's so much happening i think we do one benefit creature. of like not even just having just one creature just one less voice that's true i just like, werewolf can have opinions and do things and whatever. I mean, I know, and I know the invisible woman also isn't going to be speaking, but that's still so many, just constant like all around doing things. And I feel like it's monsters, it's the worldwide organization of monsters and ne'er do wells. And this falls like uh Wolfman is a monster, Invisible Woman is a ne'er do well.
1: That's true. Alright. I think I'm we in. can live with
0: that. Uh which brings us to writer. And director, I had separate. I have a writing team, and I have a director. Do you have a hyphenate, or the same, or two separate?
1: I had a hyphenate
0: would be a writer director.
1: Yeah, I had a I had a hyphenate, but now I'm not sure about them, so I'll just say mine first. Okay, and then you can sell me on your team. Great, and and director. So I said Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my reasoning behind Jordan Peele is because obviously he has the comedic chops, but I also Absolutely. think he has the spooky chops. Yeah, to be able to blurb them into spookies. I think
0: that's reasonable, and I think that's... I think with everything we've discussed about Jordan Peele, just, like, not on the uh, mic, but yes, I agree. Because he is... He's Jordan Peele. He's extremely funny. Yeah. But he also has a love of horror and monsters and being spooky. Yeah. And I think that he'd be able to do this very, very well. I think Jordan Peele is a great choice.
1: I also thought, like because you're absolutely right, he has this love of the horror genre, but specifically of monsters, I would say, any person who like grows up loving horror probably has this deep connection to Frankenstein and blah blah blah. Whether they read it or saw it for the first time, I don't know. Right. Um, so I just would love to see his take on these characters as a person who loves horror as much as he does.
0: I agree, and I'm assuming in his long career, we're going to eventually get those takes. Not, yes, that, not, that, lucky, not, not that he shouldn't hear, but like yes. I, I do think that like you will be rewarded, and I think that that will be something that happens sure
1: now sell me on yours because i'm sure yours is better
0: so um uh, for mine for my writers i went for the comedy and then on the director i went for like lore and character stuff okay because like there need to be jokes and they need to be funny and on the director that we need a director who can, like handle all the story and like really bring out the best of each of the characters okay so for my writers i did a writing team now, this writing team has worked on How I Met Your Mother. They worked on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And recently, they were the writing team behind Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Which, did you watch? Yes, I did. It's so fun. <laughs> but basically, it's just like, that one in particular, it's it's all these crazy characters running around doing a bunch of different things all at once. That's and true. that is what this movie is. Mm-hmm. And it's this blending of old and new and nostalgia with the extra added benefit of, they worked on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so they can work in the songs, and they worked on How I Met Your Mother, which means that they know how to start a show. And... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a burn. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know that, it, I don't think it was their fault, but like, they, and so like, I, I, I picked them because of Chip and Dale because it was so funny, because of what they managed to pull off, and just how ridiculous and silly it is. Mm-hmm. And you take all that silliness, and then you filter it through the lens of my director. Okay. My director often writes the things he does, but in this case he didn't. And I cast him specifically because he directed Knives Out, which is a bunch of very distinct performances all tied together in the larger story.
1: That was my second choice.
0: Yeah. Ryan yeah. Johnson, I think is it, this is this is his jam. It's yeah. lore which he loves and it's interesting characters which he loves.
1: Okay. I feel you. I would feel comfortable doing a Jordan Peele Ryan Johnson special.
0: <laughs> a co-directing
1: No, I'm saying Jordan Peele would write and Ryan Johnson would direct it.
0: Great. Let's do that.
1: Yeah. Just because I feel like then Jordan Peele could do the horror aspect and Ryan Johnson can bring out all of the comedic. I mean, they're both very funny people. Absolutely. But like,
0: Jordan Peele can make it spooky. Cool. Fully on board. Am I missing anything? I feel like not. Wait, let me take you through uh, our cast for Mad Monster Party? Because on IMDb Pro, there's a question mark for some reason?
1: It's
0: on everything. Oh, good. It's, it's called p- Mad Monster Party. Party? It's, not, it's not on the poster for some reason. But really? Like, yeah, on the IZB Pro poster, it's, there's no question mark, but then like the listing has a question mark. It's very strange. Anyway, Mad Monster Party? Baron Boris von Frankenstein will be Brendan Fraser. Yes. Francesca will be Jane Levy. Felix Flanken will be Justice Smith. Jekyll and Hyde will be Mason Alexander Park. Yetch will be Austin Abrams. Dracula will be Sebastian Stan. The Invisible Woman will be Gwendolyn Christie. The Hunchback will be Daniel Radcliffe. The Mummy will be Mae uh, Kalamo- Kalamawi. The Monster will be Braun Strowman. Phyllis Diller, a.k.a. the Bride of Frankenstein, uh, will be Kiki Palmer. The Wolfman will be Dylan O'Brien. All of this will be written by Jordan Peele and then directed by Ryan Johnson. And that is Mad Monster
1: Party. It is a Mad Monster Party.
0: Yeah. Cool! We did it! We did it! Thank you, Kamara, for introducing me to this movie. Thank you so much for uh, watching it with me and then remaking it with me. This has
1: been lovely. Honestly, I always have the best time on your show. Yay! It's a great show. I don't know if you guys have been (laughs) listening, uh, but it's pretty good. And (laughs) and I love being here to help and to show you movies you haven't seen. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And this was one of those that's right in between. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I I had
0: a lovely time. Like, I've certainly watched things... With you, or for for you, where it's been like, this is not good. Catwoman. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but this idol, this was so much fun. Yeah. If, even if you haven't listened to this, and you know all the spoilers and whatever, and you've gotten to the end of this episode, you still can go and watch Mad Monster
1: Party. Yes. And uh, I suggest you do. I also suggest you do. And you should totally take my advice, because why not?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Now, Kamara, will you watch the remake that we just did?
1: Um, Yeah. Cool. Dylan
0: O'Brien's in it. I think Correct. that was
1: solidified. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Good. Uh, well, then, excellent. We are at the end. So, now's the time for plugs and whatnot. What would you like people to know about you? What would you like to to have them do? Sure.
1: My name is Kamara. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I go by Mimi, and you can find me on Instagram at, symbol, Kamara, C-A-U-M-E-R-A, Or, at, symbol, see it on Tuesday, (laughs) uh, in which I talk about movies because I definitely think you should see them, I just think there's a way you should see them.
0: So The the premise behind that Instagram account is basically like, uh, here's this movie, and it exists, should you take the time to go see it in a theater, wait for it to come out on streaming? and like you rank them based on that or yeah. just like the style of movie as it I is i just
1: sort of rank them based on how you should watch it okay. so instead of should you go see the movie the answer is yes you should but you should only see it on a discounted day which happens to be tuesday yeah. <laughs> or you should see it at home because it's better to watch and laugh with the people around you or yeah. you should splurge because it's just stunning so go see it in adobe prime theater dolby Adobe
0: Prime is my favorite PDF format and theater. (laughs) My favorite PDF themed theater.
1: Yes. A Dolby.
0: (laughs) Dolby surround sound theater? Surround
1: sound theater. Not to be confused with AMC's Prime theater. There's too many theater types. Uh, Go see it great. That's the big one. Good.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Follow Chimera and follow See It On Tuesday. Good. If you're interested in following me, I am on Twitter at Sam SamGash, S A M G A S C H, or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram, but kind of mostly Instagram, uh which is also me, whatever. If you are interested in talking to me or letting me know what you think about Mad Monster Party, you can go and join the Dueling Genre Discord group, which is available in the show notes of this very podcast. But the best thing you can do for my podcast, for any podcast, for all podcasts, is to go on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a five-star review. It's the greatest thing you could possibly do, and it's the best way to get new people to find the show, short of telling them yourself, which you should also do. And because Ideal Remake is a part of the Dueling Genre Network, each episode I try to talk about one of the other shows on the Dueling Genre Network. And this time I'm going to be talking about Tales from the Short Box, which is hosted by Adam Sheehan, Casey Crawford, uh, Sean Batit, and R.J. Vite. That is a most weekly where it's basically like their poll list. They talk about different comics and different things. It's a a comic podcast and it's great. Adam's been on this show. He talked about The Mask, was very angry about it, and it was delightful. And basically, they're up to date on comics and that's why you should listen to them. I'm going to give them a listen. Yeah. That is Mad Monster Party. And so we will end the way we always do. Kamara, what is your favorite quote from the movie Mad Monster Party? This is
1: the one thing I never compare
0: for. I will help you out this time.
1: Okay, you remember it.
0: What's your favorite lyric <laughs> from Mad Monster Party?
1: Um, it's the mummy!
0: <laughs> Great. Thank you. That'll do it. <laughs>